Welcome to another episode of Talking Nerdy in the Bedroom with just me. Yeah, just me. Corey was sick, and then Mike was still on, well, on his second vacation of the summer. And then over the weekend, instead of rescheduling, we decided to play video games because we're all giant nerds. It's kind of the whole point of this podcast. Yeah, we uh, pre-ordered Remnant 2, which meant that we got it early. Uh, I think it comes out tomorrow, and we were able to play it as of Friday at like 7.30 at night. So we played it for three hours that day, we played for four or five hours on Saturday, and then like another three hours Sunday, and I didn't have time to do the podcast because I was lazy. So here we are now finally doing the podcast. And this week, uh, because I'm the only one who watched it because the other two jamokes are, you know, living their lives or whatever you want to call it, uh, we're going to be talking about The Bear. The Bear is a show that came out on Hulu last summer, which is fantastic. Like, let's get that you know, right out the gate. I've heard some hate for it from some, like, higher name people on, like, the YouTube and TikTok, not so much celebrities, but those people who didn't really get into it, didn't like it, thought it was slow, all this other stuff, and they're wrong. The The show is so well acted, such a good story, such a way to deal with grief and depression, and they show it and it's just so raw and brutal, and it also shows the dynamic of a kitchen. It, it's just, uh, it's so good that when the first season ended, I was dying for the second season. It's it's on Hulu, and it was released like week by week by week. Um, or I should say it's on Hulu, so it's not released week by week by week, and it's just on there, so I was able to watch it all. I think I watched it all in like a day or two, because the first season's only eight episodes. And yeah, was clamoring for another season and was very happy that it got renewed. Hated that I had to wait a year, um, but it still holds up. It's great. It's the second season just dives deeper into what they're going for, and it's just fantastic. So let's talk about the whole season itself in the sense of the story. Um, So it actually features Jeremy Allen White, who... That name might not ring a bell if you don't know this show, but if you ever watched Shameless or ever heard of Shameless or saw any of those clips, uh, the guy that played Lip is Jeremy Allen White, and he was great on Shameless. I I will say he was good on Shameless in the first few seasons, and then he took on a larger role, um, especially with... um, the girl who plays Fiona. Oh, I'm blanking on her name. Uh, Especially when she left, he took over a larger role and even like the season or two before that that seemed to be prepping for it and his acting in that for being that fucked up of a character was great and that was like a fucked up because of all the crazy shit that was happening in your life and it feels like it set him up perfectly for this show because the fucked up stuff that happened in Shameless was crazy off the walls. Things that probably don't happen to people or that's what most people would assume. And then in this show, most of the crazy shit that happens, not everything, but most of it seems very down to earth and more realistic from having the overbearing crazy mother who also deals with depression, um, having a father who uh, committed suicide because of his depression and running in the family. Um, his brother, um, played by Frank, uh, what is his name? I am blanking and it's annoying me. Maybe it's not Frank. Uh, he plays Frank Castle in The Punisher. That's why I have Frank, uh, on my mind. His name is actually... 
John Berthanol, uh, the guy who actually was in The Walking Dead as Shane, um, and then obviously Punisher, as I mentioned. Uh, but yeah, he plays him in the few episodes as flashbacks. But yeah, he commits suicide, and then his brother comes back and has to deal with his restaurant. And his brother is a uh, like a world class chef. And he tries to turn this restaurant called The Beef into something great. And they end up doing a remodel for season two. And they're going to call it The Bear. And it's just the whole show. Everything just keeps you... I don't want to say on the edge of your seat. Because it's not overly like action. But the drama is there. And you start to care about most of these characters. Not all. Um, but the ones that you do care about. You're like hanging off every word. Or everything that's going on. And the character development that they're able to do. In such short amount of time. Not only with uh, Jeremy's character. Which is uh, Carmi. But also um, his like. The, his cousin, or person he calls his cousin anyway, um, Richie, who ends up being like this kind of, well, I mean, he is a, a piece of shit, but in the second season, they dive into that hard and kind of explain some stuff, especially with the flashback, and then they end up showing you um, him trying to get his shit together and understanding that if he wants to make a success out of himself, he can't just keep being a piece of shit. Um, and actually taking um, some of Carmi's advice and trying to do the job that you want to do while dressing for the job and having a better outlook on it. And he does this by going to a different restaurant and kind of seeing what they do and seeing that they're putting on this this show. It's not just dinner. But the dinner itself is a show. Now, it's not like dinner and a show where there's a literal show, but the dinner is the show. And it's about making, like, uh, memories and um, experiences that will live forever, uh, that type of thing. And that, that resonates with Richie. And then he kind of gets it and wants to bring that into the Bear restaurant in season two. And that character development for him, because he was he was funny in the first season, and I really enjoyed the banter. I, I'm a giant fan of banter with characters, because that's mostly what my friends and I do, as you've heard on this podcast so many times, with Mike and Corey arguing back and forth. And then... During poker games, fantasy football, video games, uh, just going out to see a comedian or just hanging out and having food, there's usually going to be some type of, you know, messing around with each other. Um, sometimes it gets heated, even though it's not actually heated. It's just two people with uh, opinions or someone just trying to give somebody else shit and the other person not having it. And it's it's mostly all in good fun. And they have that type of chemistry with the people that they have in the kitchen, especially in season one. A little bit less in season two because you don't get much kitchen action except for like the last episode because it's all about the remodeling and trying to figure that all that out and all the stresses that come with it along with Carmi trying to have um a relationship which is something that he hasn't had him forever because he's put all of his focus and his emphasis onto his career so he's basically just left out everything out and there is a great finale which i won't ruin but it's great it's a little bit heartbreaking um but it's done really well just with all the character progression for every single person that's in the show in the last like 20 25 minutes the last episode i want to say it's it's perfect and it sets up season three and the the whole cast just really comes out for for that 
scene. I mean, the rest of the show is fine. You learn more about the other chefs that um, are in the kitchen, and when they send them off, you get these little side stories, which I didn't really need that much of it. When an entire episode is dedicated to somebody that you're meh about, you want that character to kind of pop off the screen after, so it's not meh. And for me, for one of them... um, He's the dessert chef, and I don't remember his name in the show, but he is um, Marcus. That's his name. Uh, he His whole trip overseas was meh, except that he got to meet um, the guy who now is in Marvel. What is his name? Will Poulter is his name, and yeah, he ended up playing Adam Warlock in Guardians 3, but yeah, he makes like a guest appearance on The Bear for one episode while he's teaching Marcus um, how to be a better like pastry chef, um, and he, that part was interesting, watching their dynamic and watching Marcus like learn some stuff, but all of Marcus's other stuff, it just didn't connect with me, and I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but it really wasn't much there. Um, you have uh, the sous chef, um, Sydney, who... Her story about going back to cooking school or like a prepper cooking school, whatever you want to call it, for a short period of time while they were working on the restaurant uh, was pretty good. Uh, I actually cared about that one a lot because she had this issue in the first season of not wanting to listen to anybody else and she was doing what she wanted to do and thought she knew everything. And then she slowly started to watch Carmi um, and the other girl who came in do stuff and actually make sure that, um, or actually, no, no, Sydney is the new girl that, uh, the good one that actually knew what she was doing and wanted to make something. It is Tina is the one that, that story, that story I really like to see where she came from and then moved up and seen that she was willing, finally in season two, to learn more and experience it. And then you had the other chef that was supposed to go with her and he didn't go. So that was that was less interesting, but it kind of fit his character, especially when he came back towards the end. But seeing her like development into more of a confident chef that understands that she can learn from these people, even though they are significantly younger than her, uh, I, I, I like that part of it. And then the bringing on the sister in season two, Carmi's sister, who is basically going to be running the project of redoing the bear um, into the restaurant that it is. Her story was pretty interesting, too, and seeing her deal with the pregnancy while trying to corral everybody and fighting with people. I really like that. And I will say that in the second season, there is a flashback episode, which is the entire episode. It's like an hour, 15, hour and a half long. And it's years before. It's after their father passed away, but it's before his brother killed himself. And it's so good. The toxic environment, it sounds weird to say that. It's so good, but it's toxic. Uh, The toxic environment in that household I've seen, I don't know how many times, within my own family at certain times, not to that level, uh, within going to, like, friend's house and dealing with it, and it just felt so real and emotional and raw that there's always this animosity and this... You try to put it aside like once, twice, three times a year when you get together, but sometimes it boils over, and especially when you have a hothead who doesn't know how to shut their mouth, that might be me, um, 
then the little things like that can like get bigger and bigger and bigger and everybody's dealing with their own stuff. So when you come into um, like one of these dinners or whatever it ends up being, you take that on. Like everybody might be either poking fun or asking questions. And if you're dealing with your own stuff, it's just going to add to that extra burden. So sometimes it feels like it's not even worth it to go to, to these things or experience it, even though it's potentially your family or your friends. And it, they just were able to show that on screen better than I think I've seen in anything else for that level. Um, it's it's one of those that will probably stick with me for a while just because of how real and emotional it was and them showing the um, dealing with the grief of the father dying even though it had been a while since he had passed dealing with their own depression for everything going on in their lives and the guest stars in that episode were unbelievable their their acting and everything else was just fantastic they ended up being able to snag Jamie Lee Curtis, who plays Carmi's mom. They picked up John Mulaney uh, to come in. They also have uh, Will Potter, who I mentioned before, but he's not in that episode. Uh, John uh, Bernthal, he's in the episode, obviously, as the brother. And they bring on... Um, God, he's in most of the uh, seasons, but he's like, um, here and there, Oliver Platt is his name, who I'm always going to love for Ready to Rumble. I'm sure hardly anybody saw that movie. Wrestling movie from the late 90s, early 2000s, I think. Probably early 2000s, right before they went out of business. And it's great. It's fantastic. But anyway, he's in the show as like their rich uncle. Um, so... He's in there, but there's just so many guest stars. It's it's kind of ridiculous how many people they got, especially for that episode. Um, Bob uh, Odenkirk is in there, too, from Better Call Saul and um, Breaking Bad. He's great in it, being that type of character that just really gets on John's um, nerves. It's great. Like, that episode is probably, besides for the last episode, is the best episode of the season. And it's just gives you so much insight to these characters, all of them, because of the flashback. You get to see that um, Richie's was married and they were pregnant and all this stuff, and now he's more of like a deadbeat dad-ish, although he doesn't want to be, um, but he's trying not to be. And But you got to see him back when he was trying. He was still lying and he was still trying to manipulate and do things his way, but he was more or less doing it for his family and before it obviously all collapsed. And you get to see Carmi, again, that's Jeremy Allen White, um, try to talk to his brother about doing something with him because he clearly wants to work with him. He looks up to his brother because his brother was a chef that owned a restaurant. He looked up to him, went off to school and studied at all these fancy places and ended up getting a Michelin star at a restaurant that he worked at and or maintained the star. And he just has this level of commitment to his brother that then even after his brother kills himself, he still has, he still thinks it's honoring his brother's memory to do this work at that restaurant. And if he can succeed, it's almost like his brother succeeded. And that, that level of love for the sibling, like both of them played off very well. And there's a scene right after that, when Carmi walks away after telling his brother, like, Hey, we can do this. Here's an idea. Um, 
you just see his brother break down and crying because of the depression and knowing the restaurant's not doing well, knowing that he is basically up a creek along with all the depression feelings he's feeling anyway. Just the real factors and then the depression making it even worse. It's it's such a good scene to to see that emotion from John and it's something that I'm hoping that they can I don't know how they're going to do it unless they keep doing more flashbacks but I'm hoping they continue it in season 3 with something like that. I don't want to always see these family gatherings where they get together and end up chatting and like see the drama but I want to kind of see it in a different way. I'm not sure how they'll do it but I'm interested to see kind of where it goes. Um, you might end up actually seeing um, potentially his how his mom kills herself, because I think she kills herself too. Or no, 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 sorry, excuse me. His mom's still alive, right. You see her in the last episode again. Um, but I would like to see more of the aftermath of um, her descent kind of into madness. And if you watch that episode, you know what I'm talking about. And also, like, when John eventually kills himself, it'd be interesting to see, like, their dynamic for that. Because obviously, eventually they come home, uh, or Carmi comes home, but there's they kind of talk about it, but don't talk about it. So I'd be curious there, and especially if there were more signs that the family should have picked up on. Because um, I'm sure there's always survivor's guilt when somebody, you know, commits suicide. What could I... What should I have done? What could I have done? Would it have made a difference? All those thoughts go through your head. Um, so I'm wondering how they're going to play that up, especially as the the last episode ends with them basically doing like a test run of the restaurant for friends and family. And it's going to be curious to see, like, it seems like season three, they'll be open for actual customers. So how are you able to dive into the past while also being focused on the future? Especially because I think one of the people... Uh, one of the things that people really enjoyed from the first season was watching the inner workings of a of a kitchen, and I'm sure they've got some good um, assistant people that are telling them what they need to do, how they need to do it, showing them how to cook and what they should do, and everything else so it looks more authentic and I feel like that was missing from season two because season two was all about creating season one was okay here's what we got we're gonna make the best out of what we can and you get that dynamic you get the issues inside the kitchen and season two is more okay we tore everything down now we're rebuilding it in our vision what should we do so we'll we'll see what they do for season three but it's going to be interesting to have season one be about kind of like the beef and then season two the remodel, and then season three will be the bear open. So we'll have to see. It's going to be another year, um, but I will say this show was unbelievably successful in regards to critics and awards. Um, it ended up, critic-wise, um, is yeah hugely popular on both Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic. Rotten Tomatoes season one has 100% out of 78 reviews. Metacritic is 88 out of 24 reviews. Season two is 99% on Rotten Tomatoes with 84 reviews. And Metacritic has it at 92 with 42 reviews. So more reviews and uh, higher numbers for Metacritic and more reviews and one point lower on Rotten Tomatoes from a perfect 100 to a 99. That's that's outstanding. Um, and um, 
the main character, uh, Carmi, which is Jeremy, ended up actually winning, um, I think it was a Golden Globe? Yeah, Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Television Series. So right there kind of like tells you the level of everything. Um, they won some other Independent Spirit Awards. They won the Producers Guild of America Award, Screen Actors Guild Award for, again, Jeremy, um, the Writers Guild for a comedy series. They ended up winning that. Um, so they've done a lot of things in a very short period of time. They've been nominated a bunch, too, but the the wins are what people usually remember. Um, I'm With that in mind, I have to assume it's already got picked up for season three. I'm surprised that it's only on... I mean, they get away with more with only on Hulu, but with ad revenue kind of being at an all-time high on TV because it still works for some markets, especially... Um, as everything's moving towards streaming, the things that are still on cable are kind of getting all the, um, the ads and the ad revenue is, they're paying out more than I thought they would be with all these streaming services. Um, cause I look at like what the NFL is doing. I look at what WWE did. I look at all these other shows that are making tons of money off the ad revenue. And so this show is that good and it's on Hulu. Now I don't, and I mean, it's produced by like FX, even though I don't think it airs on FX. I just think it's on Hulu. Um, but obviously Disney owns FX and, FX or Disney owns Hulu, so it's all under the same company. But I'm surprised it's not out there like on a weekly type of program because it definitely, at least in my opinion, it has enough to bring you back and then some every single episode. I don't believe I'm in the minority there, as you just heard with all the information I gave, but I do know there are some high level people that uh, I shouldn't even say high level, but uh, a lot of followers, a lot of this, a lot of that, that aren't a fan. They got through a few episodes and felt it was a slog. And in my opinion, they just don't know good TV. I are just to be fair, nothing is going to be for everyone, but this is a show that if you watch, I'd be surprised if you don't enjoy. Um, now, if you don't like yelling or shouting at people, these people I'm talking about do, um, then sure, this show's not for you. If you like just the normal stuff, if you like anime, if you like this, that, or the other, and that's your only thing you watch, sure, you won't enjoy this. But if you like drama, if you like great acting, if you like a story that's more based in reality, and if you like anything to do with cooking and chefs and seeing that inner working in the kitchen, this is definitely a show I recommend. Um, every episode is like 40 minutes long, something like that. So you can knock out, um, or maybe it's 30 minutes and some of them are longer. I don't know, but you could knock out most of the season, both seasons in like uh, less than a month, if not a couple weeks, if not a day. Um, if you really want to, if you really got hooked on this show. And it's one of those that I don't think you'll regret watching. Um, even if you get to like a part where you don't really care about, cause like I said, there was a episode or two in the second season that I was, it was more focused on one character and I would have rather known what was going on with everybody. TV shows have been doing that a lot in the past. And those almost seem like filler episodes. These aren't filler episodes because there's only 10 episodes in the second season, eight episodes in the first season. But it seems like, um, again, it's not filler. They're really trying to get you to connect with every single character in the show. Um, more as like an ensemble cast, even though Jeremy is the main character. Um, but it just, some of them didn't land for me or I didn't care as much as I, that they probably wanted me to. But once you get through like those, I think it's only, there's only two episodes, the rest of it's all about what's happening and the characters that you should care about. So 
I yeah, again, highly recommend. Mike and Corey have not watched it because they're terrible people. Um, but I will push it on them again, and we'll see if they actually have time to watch it or even try. Um, it's a little bit less nerdy than most of the stuff we talk about, but there are certain times where if they're not here, I'm just going to talk about whatever the hell I want. Which, speaking of, next week, the boys will not be here again, but that's because I'm doing a special episode, almost like a part two to the one I did back in March or April, where we talked about WWE WrestleMania along with doing an EFED reunion um, with myself and Dennis Delaney. And now we're going to be doing another one with a lot more people from GWF, if everybody shows up. And... We're going to be doing a Zoom call again from everybody all around, you know, the United States, potentially even Ireland, if he's able to make it. Um, And then obviously Canada and a bunch of other states throughout the United States. So we'll see how many people we end up getting on. If it's just Dennis and I, screw it. We talked for like three hours last time, so I don't think that's going to be too much of a problem. It's very fun to reminisce about the old times and to talk about what's coming up for WWE and SummerSlam um, on August 5th. So that's going to be the episode this week. And yeah, so next week we've got... Uh, WWE SummerSlam and GWF reunion again. And then the week after that, I'll get the boys back together and we will be doing Secret Invasion for uh, the Disney show, obviously Marvel, um, with Nick Fury and all that and the scrolls and everything else. So, yeah, that's what's coming in the next couple weeks. So stay tuned to it. And I apologize for the late episode, but you know, if you're still listening, you're fine with it. And we'll, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Bye.